Today, I'm here to keep your ego in check while at the same time making sure that your insecurities don't get in the way with your strength gains and how both the ego and the insecurities tend to overlap. So whether you're a beginner at fitness or you're a bit more advanced, you'll probably get something out of a few of these points that could be good key takeaways for the rest of your fitness journey. So let's go. Jombo, my friends, and welcome back to what, 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 what? The Foss, a podcast that takes an alternative look at fitness to help you out with enjoying your alternative activities. My name is Coach Zoe, and today we're going to talk about something that time and time again seems to always uh, come up in areas of fitness over the years. Every single time I tend to see new waves of it come on from beginner lifters and then people who have felt like they've gotten so advanced at fitness that it tends to kind of cloud their judgment. And what I'm talking about more specifically is ego lifting. Now, if you don't know the term ego lifting, I want you to think about uh, some of the people that you see, or not even people who you see, it's usually people who uh, talk about um, how much they can bench or they can squat or they can deadlift or do X exercise. Um, Like how much big numbers of weight they can do and that should judge how fit or healthy a person is or how good they are at going to the gym or whatever random term they use and they say that but when you actually get down to them doing it at the gym um, it's kind of just that they put that weight on the bar or dumbbells or something and it's just the worst like cheated form that you've ever seen and it just looks like they're kind of flopping around like a fish or they've just been electrocuted and their body is like shaking for just a couple seconds and then they feel like they actually did that rep and they put that number down in their book. It's something I've always seen multiple times and people ask me a lot um, when they hear about me being in the fitness world and that I work in fitness and they're like, oh yeah bro, so uh, what's your bench or what's your squat? Bro, I don't care, you know? I just care about becoming stronger each day, and it doesn't mean that I have to have this specific number or I have to have this specific number on squats. It matters about if I'm doing fitness to perform a different alternative activity, I care more about how great I'm doing that at that activity versus what random big number I could put up. And that's not to knock anybody who goes for numbers in the gym. If you're doing that with quality form, then great. But just remember that the bit with ego lifting, it doesn't mean that you think it's quality form. It means that if you have uh, somebody else checking out the form, they would also agree that it's quality form without them having that bias. But the biggest bit about ego lifting is just having a lot of talk, but not usually being able to back it up with actual performance. And my dad kind of always told me that people who seem to talk the most usually have the least to say, which is kind of ironic because I'm doing this on a podcast. I should I should really rethink some decisions in my life. But 
Besides that, we're gonna talk about three specific key takeaways, whether you're a beginner or whether you're advanced, that can kinda help you stay away from the bit of ego lifting, but also help you progress in the right way uh, in case you might be a more insecure lifter or somebody who just kind of stays with the same pattern of things all the time and they do the same amount of running, they do the same amount of exercise um, for years sometimes and they wonder why they don't get any better or they're not comfortable to try anything new or different or exceed what they did the other day because they have a fear of usually failing. So these three points I kind of want to get into. The first one is talking about progression based on form. Now, progression based on form, what do I mean by that? Well, a lot of people, sometimes what they'll do is they'll just take like a one rep max of an exercise. Again, like we talked about before, they'll do maybe very poor form at it or not go through a proper range. They'll say they do that, did that exercise, and then they'll base all of their exercises off that number. Not to say that number-based exercises don't have their benefits in certain areas, especially in professional sports, but I think for the general population or general people who are just doing sport uh, for more of a leisure activity or it adds some extra benefit to their life, I'm usually less about doing the measurements off one RMs or rep maxes. I'm usually, usually more uh, focusing on maybe somewhere in the range of three to five rep maxes because with more reps versus that one rep, it's a lot more difficult to cheat when you go at three reps or five reps than it is for one. Uh, sometimes this can have some benefits uh, because you're able to control that weight over that extended period of time at that higher weight, and then you can use that three RM or five RM to base what you do for your other exercise. And it pretty much just gives you another basis of how you can add more load and how you can progress your exercises up in weight. And if you're a bit confused on this and this sounds all completely weird, um, one way to kind of give an example would be if you're basing it off your form, let's say you have an exercise you can only do for five reps. Let's say it's a squat. And when you do your squat, um, after that fifth rep, um, you're kind of fatigued and you're starting to lose form. Um, let's say if you're just holding, I don't know, 50 pounds in front of you and you're doing those five squats and your body can't do any more squats while keeping your form, then uh, that's probably that weight you want to stick with and base it off for your other exercises that involve uh, some kind of like squat movements or squat variations. And with this, you want to kind of think about that uh, you might be a bit confused on what I mean by like these form corrections. Well, it takes forever to go through every single form correction, but if I were to say some basic ones, I would say things if you're doing some standing exercises, uh, making sure to keep your heels on the ground if it's a bilateral or two leg exercise, making sure to uh, keep your chest out because a lot of people tend to round their backs and hunch forward during a bunch of exercises when they get really tired. Uh, chest out, eyes a little bit higher than your straight on gaze and just keeping the weight back in your heels on the squat um, and keeping a kind of brace in your abs like someone's about to punch you in the gut 
uh, that kind of brace. You don't need to give the full like gym flex or like you're on the beach, but just a little bit of tension in the abs kind of keeps the spine a bit more stable, more steady to prepare you for the load of that exercise. But give more progression based on the form that you do versus worrying about one rep of a big number that you kind of half-heartedly do or that your form really isn't there and you just kind of pushed it and kind of sort of got the one rep completed. So think about progression based on form. And maybe you're thinking about, well, I'm loading up these exercises, but I have a home gym or I don't have that much weight I can use um, at all. Let's say if you're in some place that's been more quarantined, maybe you don't have access to any weight or you have access to very little weight. Well, the next bit would be what's known as tempo lifting. Tempo lifting, what this is, is it's pretty simple. If you think about going at an exercise and a squat is always a good example, but you let's say squat, push up, whatever it might be, you work on your tempo or your timing of the exercise. I always run into people who they go through and they do squats or push-ups or whatever and they just try to like speed through it and they think that they get the same benefit versus actually taking some time on each rep. It's amazing how much you can get out of doing let's say eight reps of push-ups if you change your timing up then just like speed pumping through like 20 plus push-ups and what I mean by this is you want to think about let's say a squat is an easy example but whenever you drop down in the squat sometimes people always tend to rush that downward portion or what we call the eccentric portion of an exercise and they tend to rush that squat down and then try to sort of rush it up as well or they'll rush to the bottom of that squat and then struggle to slowly get out of that squat Instead, you want to flip that around where you get a few seconds. Um, usually, beginners, I'd give them a count to three, but you can also get like a count of five seconds on the way down when you're dropping, and then one second nice and quick on the way up. So we're getting that nice explosive nature out of it. You can get less reps uh, doing this kind of tempo method where you focus on the drop. Let's say you're doing a pull-up. That's the drop on the way down. Push-up your chest going to the floor or a squat as your butt goes towards the ground. And on these, slow and control on the way down, quick on the way up. I'd always tell clients, slow drop and quick pop. So make sure it's that slow drop and quick pop because you can be more efficient each rep and you can get way more out of each rep. And not only will it help for getting you overall stronger, but it'll also help with making sure that your form is correct because you have way more time to sort of see how your body moves around and just keeps you a bit more under control. Third and final bit that kind of helps out with all of this is getting a secondary perspective. Now, secondary perspective, um, why do I need somebody else watching my form? I don't even like watching my own form because of my insecurities. Well, I want you to kind of separate um, this notion of somebody criticizing you versus somebody giving you feedback. So feedback is the way that you want to go um, when it comes to this secondary perspective. It's somebody who 
when you're doing an exercise, let's say they're watching your squat or they're watching your squat when you do with a lot of weight or push up or obviously any exercise you could almost put in here that you have somebody else watching your form, it gives you that outside external feedback to what you're doing. And if you're doing something that maybe is taking away from you progressing and getting the right results or not sticking to what would be considered good form in a general consensus, then that could be helpful for you. It's not something that, oh, well, my squat is bad and I hunch my shoulders, so they're criticizing me. They're not criticizing you. If they're doing this for the right intentions, they're trying to make you better. It's a secondary perspective to help you be better at that exercise, so either A, it doesn't hurt as much, or B, you're able to um, do the exercise with better form, which uh, keeps you a lot stronger, more focused, in each rep of that exercise, but can also help you um, push more weight if that number goal is still in your goal in your warehouse. And what this does is it helps kind of take away from a self-serving bias. See, one of the big things about ego is that a self-serving bias, um, what that means is it's usually that instead of somebody blaming themselves, they will blame outside conditions or they will blame the stuff that they had. I almost guarantee you know somebody who does this when anything bad happens to them. Um, they'll be like, Oh man, well, I was just distracted by this, this person came by me and did this. Or I wasn't able to do my squat correctly because the weight plates moved around on the bar. And it's like, shut up, you know? There's no point to keep complaining about these outside things. Instead, you could just focus in on what you're doing, have this secondary uh, perspective, and you can get out of that mindset because that self-serving bias, if you just have that, it kind of leads to this ego-lifting nature. And it's um, definitely something that that ego-lifting nature, if you work out with somebody who does that, it can get pretty annoying pretty quick. And just make sure that the secondary perspective, remember, if you are a bit insecure about exercise, remember that if you have the right person giving you that feedback, they're doing it for your benefit. If you did something wrong, that's okay, it's fine. You are allowed to fail at something and that helps you progress to get better at other stuff. And it happens to everybody. And as long as you take that feedback and you go, okay, cool. I will do my best to do that better next time. That's all that matters. So three key takeaways in order not to be an insecure ego lifter. Number one, make sure your progression is based on your form, not just about the number that you do for your one rep max. Second bit is work on tempo lifting. So the basic way to do it is to work on the slow controlled drop, remember that slow drop, and then that quick pop on the way up in any exercise. Third and final bit is a secondary perspective because in order to keep your ego in check, it's good to have that outside external feedback that helps you out with the rest of your lifting. Whether you're new at stuff or whether you're advanced and you even just want a little bit of feedback, you can send me something, whatever you like, um, as far as it goes for the video on your exercises. 
you can uh, shoot me a video of those if you tag me in something on Instagram at the coaches oh you know or at Foss Movement Training. You can let me know on that. I'll give you some feedback on an exercise and try to be that positive influence on your exercises if you don't have somebody like that right now in your life. But I encourage you to find somebody like that. I encourage you to take these three takeaways into uh, your gym and your workouts in order to make you better and stronger and more confident to go out and do the alternative activities that I believe will truly bring benefit to your life and truly make you happy. So thank you for your time. Always, you can message me at social media or uh, www.fossmovementtraining.com. Uh, until then, I uh, hope you have a good week and I will talk to you soon.